Well, good morning. Good to see you today. I've got some good news today. And I'm not talking about saving 15% on our car insurance by switching to Geico. I've got good news. The tomb is empty today. Amen? And because, yeah, let's clap. Amen. That's awesome. Today is the most celebrated Sunday on the Christian calendar where we celebrate that Jesus overcame the cross, he overcame death, he overcame the grave, and because of that, we can overcome sin, we can overcome struggle, we can overcome temptation, we can overcome the things in our life that make us and just want to put us down and keep us down. We can overcome those things because the grave is empty. I'm going to end up preaching before I preach this morning. And so this morning, I want to share with you just for a second, I was thinking about this in the, in the first service, about 21 years ago, the last thing I would have pictured was standing up here talking on an Easter Sunday. My life, much like many lives of people you know, or maybe this is similar to your life, I was lost and I was broken and I was depressed and I was discouraged. And then I encountered Jesus and he began to change my life. And give me a resurrected perspective. That's what I want to talk to all of us about today. Is that God can give us a resurrected perspective. This morning, because the tomb is empty, the question that we're going to be asking is, now what? Now what do we do? Now what did the disciples do? What do we do because the tomb is empty? And I suppose, really, it's based on what our perspective is, on whether we allow it to just be an event that we gather for once a year, or is it going to be an ongoing experience as a result of this event? Let me say that again. Is Easter just an event? Or is Easter an event that took place that creates an ongoing experience in our lives? Jesus died not just so that we would gather together and celebrate Easter. Jesus died and was raised to life so that we could experience the resurrection in our lives. And even more importantly, the people around us could experience the resurrection in our lives. It's kind of a funny word. When you think of the word perspective, it means a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something. It's a point of view. It's the way that we see things. The other day I was in my backyard. I've got three kids and my youngest son's name's Luke and he's four years old. And I was, I had a ball and we were, he was hitting the ball. He said, daddy, can we go outside and play ball? And I said, yeah. So we're outside and it's not a wiffle ball. It's not a soft ball. It was like one of those white, hollow, hard balls. And I know that it hurt because the other day I was sitting in the living room and he threw it and hit me in the head while I was watching TV and it kind of left a little mark there. And so that's where we're outside and I share that with you because I kept pitching him to him and he was hitting him and so I threw him a little harder and he continued to hit one, hit him and I let one go and I thought, uh, this is going to hit him. And he went to swing and it hit him right on the hands. And I mean, I was chucking. I just threw that thing. No, I'm just teasing. But I threw it up there pretty good and all of a sudden it hit him on the hands and... He starts wringing his hands, and I said, I said, Luke, I'm sorry I didn't mean to hit you. And he goes, that's okay, Daddy. I can still feel some of my fingers. <laughs> and I laughed the way you did. I got to thinking about that because it's all about perspective, isn't it? He wasn't thinking about the fingers he couldn't feel. He was thinking about the fingers that he could feel. 
I share that with you today because our perspective, how we view things, how we see life determines our experience. Let's read that. Our perspective determines our experience. I've shared this story before, but I'll never forget going up a ski lift, watching two different skiers. One was a blind skier who had a guy in front of him who was telling him which way to turn. Another guy had one leg and he was skiing. And I thought to myself, and many of you have heard me share this story before, and I'll continue to share it because it's a great perspective. It's a great attitude when life throws you a curveball. A lot of people who are blind and one-legged wouldn't be skiing. But because of their perspective... They were there. And can I tell you today, not because I know everybody's story, but some of us walked in here today. Maybe someone drug you here and you got here and you couldn't find a seat or it's hot and they were out of coffee and the donuts maybe were stale and it was raining and your kids fought all the way here and you're saying, amen, 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 all these things. And you got in here today and you've got a perspective. You know, some of us have a bad picture of what church is like and our perspective is that way because we've had bad experiences we've been in a church setting where they were judgmental or we've been in a church setting where you feel like all they want is your money or they just want your time or you've you've got a perspective based on your experiences but our prayer has been that that your perspective if that's your perspective would change and you would realize and we would all be reminded that God loves us that he's got a plan for our lives and that we can have a resurrected perspective. See many of us sitting in here today we're struggling with stuff. And maybe on the outside you've got it all together, but on the inside things are falling apart. Maybe there's a relationship that's not what it needs to be, a marriage that is struggling, someone who's dealing with financial hardships, someone's got a bad cancer report and you haven't told anybody yet, but you're living with it. Some of you are dealing with the loss of a job or needing a job or struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts. This is all good, isn't it? Some of us are struggling. We're there. That's where we're at. And can I tell you today? That in the same way that the disciples had a Thursday and a Friday, because there was a Sunday, they can see every day from a resurrection perspective. See, we know on Thursday that Jesus was arrested and Judas was betraying and the disciples were scattering and there was chaos going all around. You ever had a day like that? Chaos. Or maybe you're in a place of mourning and grief and struggle because this is the first Easter that someone you care about's not here. Or there's a relationship that's strained and you wish someone was here. And can I tell you that it might be Thursday or it might be Friday, but because of Sunday, you can be resurrected in your perspective, in your mindset, and despite what's going on. See, that's why we celebrate the tomb. It's not just an event. There's too much power. There's too much God. There's too much presence. We were created in his image. God didn't just die so we could look back and say, well done. He died so that we could have that same power and strength in our lives. See, our perspective, how we see things, determines our experiences. Last night, we had several come, to, come together late last night and pray and my hope and prayer is, is that someone, one person would walk out of here changed with a different set of eyes to see. 
When you think about eyes, you think about thinking and thoughts. We've all heard the quote, as a man thinks, so he is. That same writer said this, a man's mind is like a garden, which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild, but whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds, say useful seeds with me, useful seeds are put into it, then an abundance of useless seeds, say that with me, useless seeds will fall therein and will continue to produce their kind. Some of us got Thursday going on in our life. We've got chaos. Some of us got Friday going on in our lives. We've got mourning. But I'm reminded that the reason that we call Friday, Good Friday, is because we see it from Sunday. They weren't calling it Good Friday on Friday. But through the perspective and viewpoint of Sunday, we see Friday as good. And some of us in here, we're Saturday. You know, Jesus has died And he's in the tomb. And the disciples, they kind of remember him saying something about raising to life. But the mourning and the despair and Jesus isn't there to kind of keep him encouraged. And they fall back into this thinking and this perspective. And it's like, is he going to do what he said he's going to do? I don't know. Or are they stuck in the morning? It's that in-between time. Some of us, we're not... Thursday or Friday, we're Saturday. You're in between jobs. You're in between situations. God's not giving you an answer. Maybe you're here today. You don't know that you're looking for God, but you're looking for something. And because the tomb is empty and because Jesus raised from the dead on Sunday, God is with you and he can resurrect your mind during those in-between times. Amen? Amen. See, today, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that Jesus was resurrected on Sunday so that our perspective did every. Jesus was resurrected on Sunday so that your perspective and your perspective and your perspective and my perspective could be resurrected every day. Can we say that together? Jesus was resurrected on Sunday so that our perspective could be resurrected every day. In the middle of, in spite of, God was resurrected. And because of that, he lives in us and wants to give us a resurrected perspective. I want to tell you, share with you a couple of things um, this morning, John's account and Peter's account of this resurrection story. John, who was the disciple that Jesus loved, and um, he r- records and he gives an account of what happened on that day. Have you ever had something happen to you, whether good or bad, that just sticks in your mind? I remember asking people, I wasn't born yet, but obviously we know JFK was shot and assassinated and like, what is it, November 22nd, 1963. And for people who were old enough to remember that, you ask them where they were when that happened. In fact, if I were to ask some of you who were alive during that time, I bet you there's a good chance that you'd be able to remember. I remember I was in the doctor's office in 1986 when I heard that the Challenger had went down and, and, and they were killed. We have these things in our life. I remember walking and, and, and up up to the altar and watching my wife, my bride, walk down the aisle 
and seeing the look on her face. I remember where I was standing when my son and my other son and my daughter were born. We remember things, and John remembers what took place. The ladies had just came to the tomb. It was early in the week, and Mary, she sees that the tomb is rolled away, and she goes and she gets Peter and the other disciple, who we know to be John, because John's talking about himself. He's the one that wrote this. And she says, where have they taken the Lord? He had just told them that he was going to be raised from the dead, and she's asking this question. Have you ever told your kid that? Did I just not tell you? What did I just say? I know that, but I just, I don't know. Why did you flush that? I don't know. I figured you wanted your watch flushed down the toilet. I didn't know. Where did they put him? So Peter and the other disciple, John, who's writing this, they hightail it to the tomb. Both of them are running, and John's got to just slip in that he's faster than Peter. And he says both are running, but the other disciple outruns Peter. Oh, that's me. And reaches the tomb first. Now here's what's interesting. John, as he reaches the tomb, as he runs up to the tomb, for some reason he doesn't go in. And, and remember that because we're going to talk about that here in a minute. And he looks in and he sees the strips of linen there, but he doesn't go in. In fact, Scripture says when he sees it, he just kind of glances at it. The word means glance. And Simon Peter, he comes along And he just runs straight into the tomb. He doesn't stop like John did. He runs straight into the tomb. He sees those same strips of linen there that are separate from the rest. And then John finally comes in. And Scripture says, he saw and believed. Say that with me. He saw and believed. We have one perspective. John standing on the outside of the tomb seeing And we have another perspective after he goes inside and experiences this. See, I believe that many of us stand on the outside of the tomb and God is inviting us inside of the tomb so that we can see the resurrection. I want to share with you for just a couple of minutes what it looks like to have a resurrected perspective. In the midst of your Friday and Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday and Thursday things going on in your life, what would happen in your life if you began to see it differently? I'll tell you what would happen. The same thing that happened to Peter. You see, God gave Peter a new level of praise. Let's say that together. A new level of praise. Have you ever been talking to somebody, maybe a lot of times it's someone who's older, who's been through a lot of stuff, but have you ever been talking to someone who's got a lot of wisdom and not only has a lot of wisdom, they've experienced a lot of different things. And sometimes I love to just sit around people who I know are just a hundred times more wise than me and just listen to them and listen to their, their experiences. And I'll tell you this, when you experience and you see someone who's going through something and you watch them continue to be thankful and to continue to praise God or just be a positive person in general in the midst of what's going on, it, it's inspiring. And Peter had been at the lowest low. If you don't know the story, Peter was a a lover of God, but Peter was a screw-up. He would say, well, his heart's in the right spot. You know somebody like that? Don't elbow him. 
Peter had denied Jesus. You know, not very often, hopefully, but every once in a while, I'll look at my wife when she asks me to do something that I didn't do or something she was expected, and I almost get more broken, not by if she's frustrated, but if she has this disappointed look. Like, you disappointed me. I'm not going to say anything, but I just, you know what I'm saying? We all have people in our life that the last thing we want to do is disappoint them. And when Jesus, when Peter denies Jesus, he knows that he's disappointed Jesus and he, he's betrayed Jesus. But at the same time, because of the resurrection, we find out later that, that Jesus reinstates Peter. Peter's able to know what it's like to be far from God and to disappoint God. And I share that with you today because there's some of us sitting in here this morning. You feel like you've done too much. You've gone too far. You've failed too much. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know what happened to them. You don't know what I caused. And what I can tell you is Jesus died for Peter. Jesus died for Judas. Jesus died for murderers. Jesus died for rapists. Jesus died for thieves. Jesus died for serial killers. Jesus died for the ordinary. Jesus died for the extraordinary. Jesus died for you. And Jesus died for me. And because he rose from the dead, Jesus, Peter has given Jesus praise. And 20 years later in the, the book of 1 Peter, Peter is talking from a place of experience. You ever been talking to somebody and you think, they have no idea what they're talking about. They're just rattling. And then somebody else speaks and you're like, I'm I'm listening. Peter's talking to a bunch of people that are suffering and being persecuted in his letter, 1 Peter. And he tells them, and I share all that with you today, not to bore you, but because when Peter opens his mouth, he, he has clout because he's been there. He says, listen, in spite of what you're dealing with, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy. Peter had experienced that mercy. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now what? Now we live with great expectation. Can I tell you something today? I share that with you because some of you are in the middle of a season that's about to do you in. And can I tell you today, it's just a season. I share with people all the time when they're telling me stuff and I don't know what to say to them. I'll say, well, you know, some of my favorite words in the Bible are, and it came to pass. And in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your struggle, I'm going to tell you, it's just a season. And Peter's explaining to them in the midst of all their suffering. We have a priceless inheritance. And an inheritance that's kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. The other day we were driving in the car and Luke said, I gotta go to the bathroom. I said, well, you just, we just went. I know I got to go now again, now that you buckled me in and put my shoes back on and cleaned up my mess, and now you're ready to get on the road. I got to go again. Sorry about that. I got to go bad. I said, well, Luke, you see that gas station up there? Yeah. Can you wait till then? I guess. <laughs> so then about 12 gas stations, I kept saying that to him. <laughs> See, when we see an ending point, we can hold on. 
You like that, don't you? And then another part of you is saying, I can't believe he said that on Easter Sunday. Folks, I want to tell you today, the Bible calls our life a vapor. And we have a, we have a great reward waiting on us. Hold on. Hang in there. Have a new level of praise on Monday when you've got to go to work and you're tired and you argued with someone all weekend and you don't have any money and everything around you is struggling. Because of the resurrection, we can have a perspective of praise. And we can have a new proof of power. I was a youth pastor for ten and a half years. We had a kid in our youth group. His name was Rich and Rich didn't always make the best decisions, but I remember we had an event. It was in Monette, Missouri, and the pastor gave this invitation to receive Christ, and nobody from our church came up, and it's over with. We're getting ready to roll home, and Rich comes and gets me right as we're getting in the van. He goes, hey. I said, hey, man, about that. I said, about what? About what that guy back there said? You know, I got front. I said, yeah, I'm good with that. I said, really? Yeah. I said, well, cool. You suppose you could pray with me about it? You mean right now? That'd be good. <laughs> the kids are all, oh, yeah, yep, yep, sure will. And we prayed, and that kid had tears coming down his face, and God got a hold of him, and he was at school, and we have a teacher that teaches where he goes to school, and another teacher that doesn't go to church talked to the teacher that does, and she said, I see something different in Rich. What is it? It's a resurrected perspective that in the midst of all the hell he was dealing with at home, God had saved his soul. And that's possible because of Sunday. Peter had this powerful proof. He said, there's a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials. These trials show that your faith is genuine. Hold on. If you haven't heard anything I've said and you're ready for me to be done, someone in here today, you, didn't, you don't need to hear anything else. Hold on. Sunday is coming. Friday is here. Sunday is coming. We celebrate the event of Sunday. No, this is good. This is in my notes. Listen to this. The event, we celebrate the event of Sunday, but we're going to experience the resurrection of Sunday with the coming king. Peter understood this, and this is why he was able to share, have a new level of praise in the midst of your struggling and your persecution, and have a new proof of power. He calls it a wonderful joy in the midst of trials. And finally, not only can we have a new level of praise because of the resurrection and a new proof of power because of the resurrection, God gives us a new point of view. Say that with us. A new point of view. Now let's back up just a minute. You remember there was John who was in shape and Peter who was old and fat. John wants to point out that he beat Peter there. But John didn't go in. 
Peter runs right by John and goes into the tomb. And he sees and he believes. And scripture tells us at some point, John stops standing on the outside of the tomb. And finally, it says, he goes inside the tomb and he sees and he believes. He sees and he believes. He sees and he believes. And I share that with you this morning because as I shared earlier, there's two translations for the word see. The first see means to quickly glance at something. The second see means to intensely gaze at something. I remember uh, I met my wife at Mid-America Nazarene University. We were at a yuck wrestling contest, and people were wrestling. It was like a transfer student in freshman orientation. And I hear this girl behind me go, that is so gross. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's cool. And as I turned around, I heard this song, Woo Dream Weaver. And the light comes down and is just on me, and I'm like, how you doing? Actually, I wasn't that smooth. I was like, uh. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. People laugh at me. I'm not saying that just as a story. I just felt, I mean, I know now God was showing me who my wife was going to be. And I had glanced, you know, the first word for see. I'd glanced at other girls prior. But when I saw my wife, somebody say, come on. I was seeing her the way that John saw Jesus' linens when he went in the tomb. You see, the second definition of see wasn't to quickly glance the way we would glance at someone. The second Greek word for see means to intensely gaze. See, when we're standing on the outside of the tomb, all we can do is glance. But the power comes in when we go inside and we gaze and see what God is doing. How does that happen? With our perspective. Could you be looking at your struggle or your trial from the outside of the tomb, glancing at God and gazing at the problem? That's good. Could you go inside the tomb and stop, start glancing at the problem and start gazing at the resurrected cloth knowing that Jesus is risen from the dead? Do you see? Or do you see? Paul says, let God transform you into a new person. Let's finish it together. By changing the way See, the resurrection is more than an event. It's the power to change the way that you think. In preparation for this, I was watching a a video, and they were talking about people who've been through extreme trauma. I'm not talking about your mom didn't want to make you a sandwich, or you left your notebook at home, and as a result of that... You had a bad day or you didn't have time to take a shower or brush your teeth or put deodorant on. You know, that kind of a bad day. I'm talking about trauma that you don't tell anybody about or that you've been dealing with. Someone did something to you. You guys know in your minds what I'm talking about. Trauma. And this study suggested that those that were able to take that trauma and bring triumph, because see, Because of the grave and because Jesus overcame death, Jesus takes our trauma and brings triumph to it. 
the ones who were able to come out on the other side of it and not let it define them, and I don't know how they captured this information, but this is what it said, are those who were able to look at that trauma and find something positive that could come out of it that could drive them forward. Did you catch that? People who experienced extreme trauma, the way that they were able to to not let it define them, but to to propel them forward and and, and go on to do great things, were people who were able to see something positive to have a perspective that says, I'm going to either learn from this or I'm not going to let it define me. They were people who were able to get something from it and it wasn't just negative. They were able to see, not the numb fingers. That's okay, Daddy. I still have some that aren't numb. They were able to allow God to resurrect their perspective and use them. Imagine, I'm almost done. Imagine what it would look like if God, because he resurrected from the grave, was allowed to take your trauma and turn it into triumph. Imagine if you were on in Thursday. I don't have to imagine. Some of you are on Thursday. Your life is chaos. Imagine in the midst of your depression and your suicidal thoughts on Friday, people were in mourning mode. Imagine on Saturday. Imagine on Saturday, that in-between time, if regardless of what day of the week or the, whatever you're dealing with in life, if you could look at it from the lens of Sunday, having a resurrected perspective. I share that with you today, and I'm afraid to shut up and sit down because I feel like today there's somebody in here this morning that you're thinking through the lens of Thursday, you're thinking through the lens of Friday, you're thinking through the lens of Saturday, and that's all you see. you got to get above the tree line. you got to see there's more than one tree. This is just a season. This is just a chapter. This is not the end. And there's hope because Jesus was raised to life. God wants to give you and I a Sunday perspective, a resurrected perspective. Jesus was resurrected on Sunday so that we could have a resurrected perspective Say it with me. Now, for some of us, that went over our heads, not because we don't understand it, but because I listen to messages, sit out here sometimes, and they go over my head. I'm just not checked in because I got too much I'm focused on. But I I believe maybe there's one or two in here that you heard it. God was, you were locked in and you were hearing it. This morning as we stand together, our altars are open. If you want to come and pray for Deidre, who's still struggling, if you want to pray for our country, if you want to pray for somebody else, if you want to come and and say, God, give me a new level of praise, give me a new proof of power, give me a new point of view, you can do that. But my hope and my prayer today is that we could see life 
through Sunday. Lord Jesus, thank you today for who you are. Thank you, God, that the tomb is empty. Thank you for the trials that draw us closer to you. Father, give us perspective today. Give us your eyes. Give us your ears. Father, people are watching us, and they need your perspective. He is not here. He has risen from the dead, and that changes everything. Just like uh, John, who was on the outside of the tomb and went in, we would like to invite you into the tomb today. Maybe you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you found yourself drifting from inside the tomb to outside the tomb. Maybe there's some of us, you're in here today, you had no plans to be here, and at the last minute you're here, and there's something inside of you, this makes sense. I'd like to invite you this morning to just pray a simple prayer. I'm not going to trick you. This prayer you see on the screen is called the sinner's prayer. And if we pray this prayer and we mean it in our hearts, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our hearts, we will be saved. If you'd like to invite Jesus into your heart, you simply pray this prayer with meaning and sincerity. And for those of us who've said it before, it's not going to hurt us to say it again, is it? Amen. So let's just read it together. You ready? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name, amen. Amen. Give God a hand. Amen. If you're visiting from out of town and you go to another church, we're glad you're here. If you've never come to church before, you don't have a church home, we would be honored and privileged for you to come back. Uh, Next week is Jim's farewell message. He's still going to be around, but uh, we're going to be celebrating and and loving on Jim next week. But two weeks from now, we're going to start a new series. And I've got a 30-second video while you stand there about what this series is about. So in two weeks, family life, the good, the bad, and the crazy. So that'll be starting in a couple of weeks. So as we close out, may the event of Easter raise a new perspective in you that produces an ongoing and powerful proof that he is risen not only from the grave, but in our hearts, in our minds, and in our actions. Happy Resurrection Day. Have a great day.